Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Why would you waste your time hanging around empty wound people? Get around people who are carrying something. You say, that, that person's just a dreamer. Man, I'd rather hang around a dreamer than an empty wound religious person any day. Because they're always saying, ain't going to happen, nothing's going to happen, ain't going to happen, never happened for me. What do you think's going to happen? You're just a dreamer. That, that's a pipe dream. I want to be around people that go, man, I was sharing somebody who, who again, I, yesterday I was sharing with somebody, first time I ever met them, and I, I, just felt, I just felt led to share with them about my dream for Camp Reset. They go on, and I share with them my dream to, to, to have a campground with cabins and, and all of these things in it. I, first time I've ever met this person. I share with them my dream. I find out this person sits on the city council in his town. It's a town that God has laid on my heart to go after this location. He sits in the city council. He looks at me. He says, I want to be a part of your dream. Something leaped inside of him when I shared what was inside of me. I'm hoping I can get all of you leaping and jumping and praising God because of what God wants to do inside of you. So they're carrying this, they meet and they leap. Then later, John is out preaching in the wilderness. Here's the here's a time when Jesus just walks out of the wilderness, walks down into the river and says, John, I need you to baptize me. John, in his spiritual perception, he's a man of God, he's a prophet. He says, I can't baptize you. You need to baptize me. That was his humility. He realized he was in the presence of the promise. And he says, I can't baptize you. Jesus said, John, we have to, you have to suffer this. You have to allow this to happen. Because you want to be a part of this, then you have, to, you have to be willing to trust me. This is what has to happen. You have to baptize me. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine he was baptizing the Son of God and he knew it? I've baptized a lot of people. I tell you, when you realize there's something on that person, there's something in that person. I listen, I love to baptize people, and I especially love it when I can see that thing in them begin to come up and out of them because of something, a step they took and, and something they did in obedience to. But John was baptizing Jesus. That's pretty cool right there. And Jesus goes down, submits, comes up out of the water. Remember, then all of a sudden there was a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. You with me? I mean, John, John said, here's the one whose shoes I'm not even worthy to carry. Man, this, for all, of, all these highfalutin, self-important people who think they're too good, John said, I can't even carry his sandals. I want to be a part of what you're doing, but I, I, wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even qualify as a, a bellhop for you. 
But he who comes after me is mightier than me. You get the you get this story? Jesus goes on with his ministry. John goes on and gets arrested. Because John operated under the spirit and power of Elijah in, a, in accordance to Malachi, who the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit in that day, and the spirit of Elijah that's on him will, will preach and will minister. And see, the thing about the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Elijah is there to encounter the spirit of Jezebel. Elijah's main ministry was to bring Jezebel down. And so Elijah, his ministry to, to confront Ahab and Jezebel who operated under a, a, a foul demonic spirit was the whole minute. And then here comes John, and what John does is John preaches against Herod and Herod's adulterous lifestyle. And here he is, he's a preacher who doesn't mince words, and he says, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Ooh, that got him in trouble. Here's a guy that's got all kinds of power. What happens? Herod's mad. He's ticked. He gets him arrested. You know, that's the trouble with Christians today. Nobody wants to even arrest them anymore. That's a joke. Anyway, they don't get any better. Here we go. So John gets arrested. Here's where this begins. John had heard in prison about the works of Christ. John's ministry, we know, is in its last days. I'm hurrying, believe me. I only got, I only got a couple more verses. Don't, don't do this. This is the eternal church anyway. We don't operate by clocks here. We operate by calendars. <laughs> That's a joke, too. People are saying, I'm out of here. When John heard in prison about the works of Christ, John's on his way out. His ministry is almost over because we know the end of John's life is that Herod's daughter is going to dance for him. Herod is, so, Herod is so perverted. He's moved in a perverted spirit even toward his own flesh and blood and gives her a wish, and she goes to her mother who's operating under that same Jezebel spirit, because Jezebel doesn't like the spirit of Elijah. Jezebel will always come against the spirit of Elijah. She says, they say, he says, anything you want, up to half the kingdom. And you know what the, the wife says? How's this for a birthday present? I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. You know that's some hatred right there. You know that's a spirit right there. Are you, are you with me? That's just not even, that's not even nice. And so John's on his way out. Jesus' ministry is growing and growing and growing. He's hearing about the works, and he's in prison. Now think about it. John is, I'm just trying to get real with you today because this is why, you know, when you talk about young people today and, 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 and what's going on around church and church life in America, there's a lot of, there, listen, the church in general is on a steep decline in America because our faith has been severely challenged. And because we as believers have not been really walking in a, in a place where we should be and we played church 
instead of were the church because we weren't planted, we were just positioned or placed. This good preaching, Pastor Mike. Yes, it is. God, will keep going. He said, because he sent his disciples, he said to him, listen to this question. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Do you hear the, do you hear the struggle in that question? It occurred to me when I read that, and, 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 and listen, I know, I'm, I, know I'm, I know I'm putting this on it, so make no mistake, but we read these things and we go, are you the coming one or do we look for another? But we don't stop and think, why was John even asking that? He's the one who baptized Jesus. He's the one who wa- watched Jesus and watched his ministry, heard and saw all this. John is having a crisis of faith. Are you the Christ or should we look for another? Do you hear that? Some of you, the devil's beating your brains out because you have some doubts and maybe there's times in the heat of the fire. John's in a dark night of his soul. He's sitting in prison and he knows there is a devil who would love to kill him and he knows he's at the mercy of Herod who is demonically inspired. He knows he lives in a contrary culture who has no respect for him and no respect for God and he's in a crisis. He is struggling and he's asking a question, is this the one or should we look for another? Do you hear the pain in that question? My heart goes out to John because I I wonder if John is just like, is he just like me? Is he really just like us? I mean, I saw John as this, I saw him as this crazy preacher who had no fears, no doubts, but now I see that John had his fears and he had his doubts and he had his questions. Are you the one or should we look for another? Now listen to what he says. Jesus answered and said to them, go tell John the things which you hear and see. Go tell John. Notice, notice it's two parts to this. The things that you hear and the things that you see. What did they hear? They heard the truth because Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And many, many of us today are really well, we say, we consider ourselves to be well-grounded, well-founded in the truth. But let me tell you the other side of this coin. You have to also be established in what you see. A lot of people who believe the Bible disbelieve the miracles and the signs and wonders of the Bible. This, this Tommy Vardaman, did you catch that in his testimony? Tommy was a typical young per- person. He, he was kind of brought up in this house. Is that correct? You have struggles, moments of doubt, weakness. You weren't always on the mountain, were you? Because people go, all oh, them young people, they're just so up and down. Yeah, well, so are you. <laughs> Don't you be talking about our young people like that. What you should be doing is say, man, our young people, they got challenges. Let's pray for our young people. Tommy, you know what? Did you hear this testimony? The thing that turned Tommy's life around, he, had, he came here and heard many preachers, many youth messages, youth themes, youth experiences, and heard and could probably quote to you uh, most of what Jesus said. But was his mother was in a coma. And doctors weren't holding out any hope for her, were they? And Jesus walked in her room. 
and raised her up and brought her back, which woke Tommy up on the inside. And it changed him and realized, I am serving a living God, not just because of what he heard, but because of what he saw. And I want to tell you something as a church, I'm not going to apologize because I believe in miracles. I believe in laying hands on the sick. I'm going to anoint people with oil. I'm going to scream over them, spit over them. I'm going to, Jesus did that too. I'm going to do anything I can, everything I can, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm going to keep doing it because it ain't just what you hear, it's what you see. And you can argue with what you hear, but it's really hard to argue with what you see. <laughs> Man, when Jesus walks in the room and raises somebody up, argue with that. Yeah, I believe all those miracles passed away with the New Testament. I'm so sorry for your belief. Because I serve a God, I see, I'm seeing God do amaz amazing things. I'm so winded. I'm so exhausted. You know, I, did, uh, I do like 8,000 steps a day according to my watch. Yesterday I did 15,000. Yeah, good for me, good for who? Although I lost a couple more pounds. Yeah, you know why? I didn't eat no bacon. I, I promise I did not eat it. Well, I had one half of a, one of our donuts. I was handing my ham out. I had one left. I said, Father, lead me not into temptation. I looked around. I said, there's nobody wants this. And I ate it. Confession is good for the soul. Where was I? You cannot argue with what you see. This is why Jesus, this is, Jesus didn't do miracles for a show. He did them because people are entrenched in some false ideas. They were entrenched in religious concepts. They were entrenched in philosophies and strongholds that had them held. And miracles were a way for them to get a wake-up call. When, when, when Jesus said, go tell John the things which you hear and see, he was telling them, look, let, he go, let's read on. Maybe. Maybe. And as, and as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. See, now Jesus, is, John's having this crisis. Jesus was not heartless. He was, he was not like being, because almost it sounds like, well, you know, he's kind of rebuking John in that answer. Go tell him the things which you hear and see. But Jesus was really, he was talking in a language John understood. Because John understood the word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. We beheld, we beheld, we saw his glory. Go tell the things, go tell John the things that you see and you hear. So he says, now, now Jesus, as they departed, the disciples leave, Jesus is going to take up a defense for John because Jesus will always defend his friends even when they're in a crisis. Did you hear what I said? You know what the devil tells you? Well, you're in a crisis. Jesus is mad at you. Jesus was not mad at John. 
Jesus could, I believe Jesus wept tears over John. Jesus knew what was in front of him. But he says, as they departed, he said to the multitudes concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Here's another question. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? You see, in this locale where they were at, it was, it was wet, and reeds grew by the thousands. Weeds were considered a nuisance. There were so many of them, and reeds would grow, and they would grow tall, and they used them for different things, but, but uh, they actually used them for, for a lot of different purposes. And here's one purpose that they used for reeds. They made musical instruments out of them. Jesus asked the question, what did you go out in the wilderness to see a reed shaken in the wind? Did you go to see some inconsistent, weak preacher who was shaken? No, you didn't go out there. You went out and you saw a man of God who stood tall and stood up straight and declared the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And he did it in the face of religious people. He did it in the face of all the unbelievers. He did it in the face of the scribes and the Pharisees. He did, he preached the truth and stayed true to the will of God, the word of God. He was not a reed shaken in the wind. The wind was shaken by what was coming out of John. John was bringing a restoration, a revival. He was bringing an awakening so Jesus could have a straight path for his feet. Jesus said, did you go out to see a reed shake? Let me ask you a question. What are you, what are you waiting to see? Did you go out to see a reed shaken in the wind? Next he goes on, he said, did you go out to see a man clothed in soft garments? Nice garments. People who wear $3,000 suits. You go out to see a guy dressed in soft garments? No, soft garments are those who are in king's houses. Did you go out there because John was some prince? He was no prince on the earth. But they, they were, went out there because they saw a prince from heaven. He wasn't dressed in soft clothes. He wore camel hair. You think I sweat... Can you imagine, I mean, every picture you see of John, he's looking rough, and he's, he, he, he's, he, he wears camel hair. That had to smell really good, too. But he, he, he didn't come in soft raven. He wasn't trying to dress to impress. Somebody told me the other day, you know, you, you, Pastor Mike, you should have dressed nicer. You'd impress more people if you dress nicer. I ain't trying to impress anybody. Then I had somebody came up to me a while back and they said, you know, I love the fact that you just make people feel comfortable because I've been to churches where it was all about how you dressed. Listen to me, I don't care what you wear on the outside. I'm after what's on the inside. And he says, did you go out to see a man clothed? Uh, listen, I, I, know there's, I know there's a lot of people that put it all on the outside. John was not about outside. He was not trying to impress anybody. And that's the third question, he goes, what did you go out to see, a prophet? A prophet? Now he's getting, he's getting cold and 
warm, and now he's on it. This man was a prophet. Did you go out because he was a prophet? Well, sure he was a prophet. But Jesus says he was much more than a prophet. So you see, what did you go out to see? That's the question I have for you this morning. Why did you come to church this morning? What did you expect to see? If you came to check me out, then you're going to probably leave disappointed. If you came to check the worship team out, you might leave disappointed. If you came to check out the building, you might be disappointed. If you came to check out the program, you might be disappointed. If you came to check out how refined we are and dignified we are, you are disappointed. Because <laughs> y'all are crazy. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Because I love y'all. Because I know this too. See, these same people you see up here crying and begging for God for a, a move, or a, many of them, they're not up here for themselves. They're up here for women that they're going to go rescue on Tuesday night, men that we're going to minister to on Friday nights, Monday nights at Westville, Friday nights at Kimbrough, Sunday nights at Kimbrough. We're here because we love what God is doing beyond the walls of this church. I don't know what you came to see today, but I can guarantee you this, if you came to see Jesus you will not and cannot leave disappointed. Because whenever you come seeking him, the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. If you're seeking a religion, this is probably not the place for you. If you're seeking niceties and all the things that make you comfortable, this is probably not the place for you. If you're seeking a great program and a great system, this is probably not the place for you. But if you're seeking Jesus, if you want your young people to have an encounter with God, if you want to meet real people with real struggles who are crying out to a real God, whom God is showing up and manifesting himself in miracles in jobs, miracles in provision, miracles in healing, miracles in supernatural encounters that you could not plan. You couldn't write this stuff. If you're looking for him, you won't be disappointed. What did you come to see today? Would you bow your heads with me? So maybe you're sitting here today and you're like John. Somehow you found yourself in a prison. Not by choice. It's not even because you did something wrong. John didn't do something wrong. He did something right. I get so tired of some of our church theology that pins everything that happens to us because we did something wrong. What if you actually did the right thing, and but the right thing brought a reaction from the enemy, and it brought you suffering? Do you know you, you can do the right thing? 
I, I, was, I, was, I heard a testimony from a, a guy who was brought up Jewish. And he said he was, he was, you know, his family, even though they were Jewish, were atheists. Because his father had, his father lost a family in the Holocaust. And when they got, when his father decided, in, remember a few weeks ago I talked about God is, God is in charge, but he's not in control. He got mad at God because he lost three of his family members in the Holocaust. And he took every bit of his Jewish tradition, everything, threw it in the garbage and said, there can't be a God who would let something like this happen. Not attributing it to evil, not attributing it that, that, that the Holocaust was a devious plan of Satan whose robs kill and destroy, that somehow God was responsible for that. And he got in his bitterness. And so this, this man said he was raised in this household, and he was raised a Jew. And, and they eventually, the family pressure made his dad bar mitzvah him, but they never really believed it, never walked it out. And one day this man got injured. And he was uh, laying flat of his back and had back surgery. And he's a, now he's a Jew by, by his birth. And he, he, lives in, he lived in Israel. He was a Jew in Israel at the time. Now he lives here in the United States. He was flat of his back recovering. He said, I was so bored there was nothing on TV. I turned it on one day and I, he said, I saw this show called The 700 Club. He said, I watched this show because I thought 700 Club was probably some kind of business thing. He, he watches it, and it's a, he watches a bunch of testimonies and stories of people who have real-life encounters with God. And he's watching this. And he said, suddenly I decided, well, I'm going to watch that again tomorrow. And he watched it for the whole week. He eventually confessed to his wife who was at work. She, he said I, I said, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I've been watching this Christian TV program called The 700 Club. She said, whatever, do whatever you have to do if it helps you get through the day. So he said, I watched it for the second week. And he said, on the second week, Ben Kinchlow. Remember Ben, if you were a fan of The 700? I love Ben. He was awesome. And he said, Ben stuck his finger right at the camera one day. And he said, you, yeah, you. Why don't you pray with me today? Because he said every day at the end of the show when they would pray, he would say, I can't pray. That's a, that's a Christian thing. I'm a Jew. That's a Christian thing. And Ben said, why don't you? Yeah, I said you. And he said it was like his finger was right in my face. And he said, why don't you pray with me today? And he said, you know what? I said, I will. And Ben led him in a simple prayer, confessing his sins. Confess Jesus, Romans 10, 10, if thou, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He said, I prayed that prayer. He said, something happened in my life. He said, I watched it. Something came alive. I went and undug up a Bible that I had stuck away deep in a closet somewhere. He said, I began reading the Bible. And he said, about two weeks later, listen, he was flat of his back because he had three discs that were blown. He said they, that, uh, the, I forget her name now, the lady that was on there back in Ben's day, was it Donna? I can't remember. He said, she stopped and she said, there's a man, you've just recently given your heart to the Lord. 
and the Lord's going to heal your back today. Pray with me. And she prayed a simple prayer. And the man not now just heard, but he saw. He said instantly. He had, he had, had no feeling in his legs from the waist down. He could not walk. And he said, I felt like a fire went through my body. And I got healed. And by the next day, even though he had not walked, the doctor said there's muscles of atrophy. He had been down a long time. I forget how long he said. And he said the next day he walked, went to see the doctors. And the doctors scratched their head and said, I can't explain this to you, but this is a miracle. His discs were healed, and he walks like a, a normal person without pain. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? A man clothed in soft raiment? Man, I came to see Jesus, the forgiver of my sins, the healer of my body, the Lord of my life. I hear and see him. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for you today. Wow, I just feel like I can't end this service without giving someone the invitation. If you need Jesus, if you came to see today, this might be your very first time here. And you're like, I would never do this. I would never, my first time in a church, stand up and walk down to the front and let a pastor I don't even know pray for me. But yet there's something in your heart. Your heart is on fire. And you've been in a crisis. You've been questioning. You've been wondering, is this Jesus or should I look for another? What'd you come to see today? So if that's you today, I'm going to invite you to come right now. Quickly, just step out. Stand up, walk on down here. Wow. Amen. Thank you. That takes so much courage. Terry, would you come? Adele? Laura, come on. Got two women here. Letitia, I want y'all to pray. I want y'all to pray. Anybody else want to come down? You say, I just need prayer. I just want to see and hear. Thank you. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you for coming today. Thank you, Pastor Tommy and Hannah, for sharing. Thank you for ministering to our young people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we bow and we bring this service to a close today, Lord, I just pray that there would be something happen that people would just actually not just hear, but see the power of God. Lord, that there are many things people brought in with them today. God, you've ministered. You've showed up. You are in this place. I have no doubt about that in my heart. And this isn't about me. It's not about even City Point. This is about you, Jesus. This is about what you want to do. 
It's about what you're doing in the hearts and lives of people today. Come. Lord, you just said, come, come to the river, taste and see. Lord, I pray this week as we go out of this place, I pray, God, as we leave this place, God, that we, we, we realize we're not leaving you. We're, we're, we're walking with you out into a world that desperately needs you, that desperately needs the manifestation of your power, your glory, your might, your strength. God, today that you would speak to us, you would reveal your will to us in Jesus' name, and that you'll bless your people today. I bless them as they go out. They go out blessed today. They go out healed today. They go out equipped today. They go out armed with you, strengthened by you, and there is nothing that's too difficult for them. And when they find themselves in those moments, Lord, like John did, you will show up and remind them of who you are and what you're doing in their life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody stand. God bless you. We're going to sing this chorus. You're dismissed. If you would, leave this front uh, clear so we can just honor the Lord here as we minister. If you'd like prayer, if you'd like some ministry, I'm going to ask you to come. I'll ask you to, to come. We'll, we'll be down here. Paul will be down here. We'll be down here. Vince, come down. We'll pray for you. If you need healing, you need a, somebody to agree with you for something, we're going to spend some time around the altar. But God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Parents, if you want to hang around or, or uh, come back next week and make sure you get information on the meeting, God bless you all. We love you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.